Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to a new episode of Land Grant Holy Land's Recruiting Centric Podcast, The Dotted Line. My name is Matt Tiamanini. On this podcast, we talk to Ohio State and national recruiting experts, LGHL's own recruiting analysts, and sometimes even recruits themselves. On today's episode, I am joined again by Shane Bailey, who all Ohio State fans on Twitter know as at Buckeyes Cruton. Shane, we are recording this on Wednesday, February 2nd, National Signing Day. It won't come out until the weekend, uh, but we wanted to dive into some stuff that happened on National Signing Day and then stuff that looking forward since National Signing Day wasn't super interesting or shocking. But I guess for somebody whose Twitter account is at Buckeyes Cruton, this is a little bit of a holiday for you, right? National Signing Day? <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this is this has been one of my favorite days for, for quite a few years now. Although, of course, it, it does get uh, a little bit watered down now that we have the early signing period and, and, the, and the late signing period. So, you know, the early signing period was a little bit more like uh, like Christmas. You know, maybe this is like you know, the New Year's party or something like that. Yeah, very good. <laughs> Um, so let's get into the news first about what did and did not happen. There were two players that were committed to Ohio State who the Buckeyes anticipated signing on National Signing Day, and both of those players did, in fact, sign. Those two players, of course, are offensive linemen from Wisconsin, uh, Carson Hinsman, and the big recruit uh, of the day is the Texas defensive lineman, Omari Abor. Um, there had been more drama with Omari when he committed uh, at the All-American game on national television. He said he was going to take some other visits. Uh, I Correct me if I'm wrong, Shane. I don't believe he ended up actually doing that, though, did he? Uh, no, no. Yeah, he actually didn't take any other visits after that. And I think uh, the Ohio State coaching staff probably sat him down and was like, hey, listen, if you want to be a Buckeye, then you got we got to have the commitment, the full, the all in. I, we don't want you taking any other visits, et cetera, et cetera. There, I'm not sure exactly what conversations were had, but he, yeah, you're right. He did not end up taking any other visits after that. Uh, he had committed to Ohio State, and I know this is one that a lot of Buckeye fans were really uh, paying paying a close eye to as the as the months went on here. Essentially. Uh, after he was starting to favor Ohio State, people were like, okay, is, is he going to stick with that? And then once he committed to Ohio State, people were like, okay, he's committed. Is he going to stick to signing day? And now that it's officially signing day and that the fact that he's put pen to paper here, I just, this is an awesome get. And 
I think whatever the Ohio State coaches said um, after he had committed at the All-American game must have really resonated and stuck with him uh, because we did get a signature and he's going to be coming to Columbus to, to play on that defensive line with uh, Coach LJ and and now the new Jim Knowles defense, which I'm yeah. very much looking forward to seeing. Yeah, we're going to get into all of the defensive recruits in this 2022 recruiting class. But real quick, as a reminder, Omari Abor is the number 62 player in the country. He is a four-star uh, defensive lineman, edge rusher, the number six edge rusher in the country, number nine player in the state uh, of Texas. It really seemed like it came down to, I guess, Ohio State, maybe Alabama. He talked about maybe going to Miami for a visit. Obviously, the Texas schools with all of this NIL money that's being thrown around, he they, they could have convinced him to stay home. He is from Duncanville, Texas, but he did end up committing to Ohio State in January and stuck through it into February. Carson Hensman, on the other hand, is from uh, Hammond, Wisconsin, St. Croix Central High School. He's the number 172 player in the country, uh, four-star offensive lineman, the number nine interior offensive lineman in the country, and the third-ranked player uh, in Wisconsin in the in the 2022 cycle. So that puts Ohio State at 21 players who have signed national letters of intent. That puts them as the number one recruiting class in the Big Ten Conference and the number four recruiting class in the country. They had an average player ranking of 93.95 or 0.9395. Um, so pretty strong overall. As you look at this class, Shane, what sticks out to you in terms of who is there? Um, where the strengths are uh, in this class? What are some holes potentially looking forward um, that they need to fill that uh, might be missing in this class? Uh, yeah, to start off, Carson Hinsman. First off, I, I I'm pretty sure this is the first commit out of Wisconsin we've got. I can't, don't quote me on that because I'm not sure. At least in my lifetime, this is the first time we've ever gotten a, a recruit out of Wisconsin. And the fact that it's an offensive lineman on top of that is just even more awesome because I know I, I, I do a lot of reading around the other uh, teams boards and I know Wisconsin fans were, were, we're kind of hoping uh, even up to yesterday that they could get Hinsman to, to flip back over and be a Badger. But uh, I think Justin Fry reaching out and, and talking to Carson and, and really like answering some of his questions really sealed the deal. And uh, I, I, I cannot wait to see how, how he does here at Ohio state, especially, especially because I know at, uh, what was it, the All-American Games, they had him playing some center as well as guard. Uh, so I'm not sure where he'll end up here, but just having that flexibility to play multiple positions is, is huge. Um, but as far as the, the strengths and weaknesses and all that go for this recruiting class, I'm just looking at the commitment list here. And just the fact that, what is it? Uh, yeah, four out of the top five recruits we have for the composite rankings are defensive players. And... I don't know if you can hear that, but it's, I can hear rejoicing coming all the way from Columbus uh, right now as the cheers are happening. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's one of the strongest points of this class, I think, is, is honestly the linebackers and uh, defensive edge rushers. Uh, just take a look at it. You got CJ Hicks, obviously, who's an outstanding linebacker. Uh, Sonny Styles, who could play some linebacker but or safety. We don't quite know where he'll end up yet. Um, but then you keep going down the list. You Gabe Powers at linebacker. We got Amari Abor and Kenya Jackson with the edge rushers and Caden Curry as well. And here canoe this is, I think this is an outstanding defensive recruiting class and the cornerbacks as well. I know there's some underrated recruits like Ryan Turner down here that, that some recruiting sites aren't, aren't as high on as, as I am, because I think Ryan Turner should definitely be at 
top at least top 15 corner here. Uh, but I think one the only spot I'm really looking at here that, that might be able to add some more to or maybe be a second defensive tackle or maybe some additional defensive tackle or offensive line depth. I, I know we got Tegra Shavala and Carson Hinsman here, George Fitzpatrick, who got a nice uh, a bump on signing days for the new rate, new rate rankings. Uh, and Avery Henry, who I had also just written an article on, who I'm a big fan of. But, yeah, all in all, this is a very, very good recruiting class. I think we covered a lot of our, our needs uh, for this cycle. And I can't wait to see some of these defensive players uh, get to Columbus and actually start uh, getting in the weight room, you know, learning the playbooks. And I, honestly, I'm just excited to see this new defense. I'm sure everybody is. But yeah. I, I cannot wait to see what these guys can do. Yeah, the, you mentioned the fact that there could be a little bit of a hole you wish might have seen another defensive tackle join the class. Ohio State still technically was waiting to hear from one other defensive tackle, uh, defensive lineman recruit uh, coming into National Signing Day, and that was Christian Miller out of Ellenwood, Georgia. He, as was expected, committed to his in-state and national championship Bulldogs, so he did not join um, the, the Buckeye class, but he was really the only player that had any thought about potentially committing to Ohio State on National Signing Day, um, and he did not go that direction. But it was pretty clear that once Ohio State sent out the tweet that Abor's letter of intent had been received, that they were done. They were not waiting really on Christian Miller um, to commit. But um, that kind of wraps up this class. And it's a really interesting class, probably for the first time in a number of years where the defensive players really uh, kind of overshine the um, you know, the offensive players. Devin Brown is the third rated player in the class. He's the number 42 player in the country. He's a four-star quarterback, number six quarterback in the country. He's the highest rated um uh, offensive player, and it's not until you get down to number six in the class, Caleb Brown, that you get another offensive player. So then mm-hmm. you kind of go on a run of Caleb Brown and Kion Grays at six and seven, uh, Tucker Tashabola at nine, um, and then you start getting down into the teens with Caleb Burton and Kojo Antwi uh, and Carson Hinsman in terms of more offensive players, but it really is a defensive heavy recruiting class which is great given the last three or four or five years of not only on-field production but recruiting production where it has been dominated by the offensive guys we heard from some transfer players and some of the early enrollees in this 2022 class on wednesday on national signing day they spoke to the media was there anything and we won't get into all of this stuff but was there anything that you heard from them or the Monday press conferences with all of the new uh, assistant coaches that stood out to you as something that was interesting or encouraging or exciting about what we could see from these new players and coaches heading into the 2022 season? Well, the first thing I noticed about the uh, the coaches is <laughs> apparently to work in the defensive coaching room, you have to be completely bald uh, because as, I noticed in the- <laughs> as somebody who is bald, I have zero problem with that. I just, it was just funny. I was there. I was watching the interviews. I was like, Hey, every single one of the coaches on defense is bald now. Hey, I, I, Hey, more power to you, man. I like it. I dig it. <laughs> but, uh, uh, no, so listening to some of the, the interviews here from the, from the early enrollees, just listening to Devin Brown and, 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 and what he was saying and, and how he, he was saying, even if Quinn Ewers was here, he, he was still committed to coming to Ohio state and he was looking forward to competing against him. And, and, uh, there was just I can't, there's some other quotes too. I wish I had in front of me. I can't remember, but there was some quotes about uh, just about how serious he was about about what, even if he doesn't start right away, waiting his turn and, and just 
uh, game being developed by Coach Day. And I, I, I really took a, a lot of what he said, and, and he sounds like he's going to be one of those players that that is going to be a real leader on the team and and, and has those uh, qualities and attributes that you want from, from your quarterback. And and I honestly just listening to the other early enrollees too and, and and then talking about the new coaching staff that we brought on and just a lot of excitement on this end trying to to get ready to see how this this Buckeyes team is gonna gonna be in the next season here. Yeah, lots of fun things to look forward to. And uh, Tanner McAllister, who is the cornerback transfer from Oklahoma State uh, that kind of came along uh, with Jim Knowles, um, and Deamonte Trainum, who I guess apparently uh, wants to be called Chip, um, who also transferred from Arizona State to Ohio State. He is an Ohio kid. He will be making the move from running back to linebacker. Both of those guys met the media and Damonte Trainum said he's coming in and he is looking to make an immediate impact uh, on the defensive side of the ball. He went into the transfer portal open to playing both either running back or linebacker, but he feels like he has an opportunity to really do a lot with his speed and toughness to make that transition from the offensive side of the ball to the defensive. Tanner McAllister said that he is you know not coming here just to kind of help out with the transition of Jim Knowles. He is coming here to play to help himself uh, advance in his NFL draft grades and to win a national championship. So both of these guys seem to have a really good approach as to why they chose to come to Ohio State. It was about bettering their positions and I'm excited to see what both of these guys do on the defense whether it's Tanner who has a ton of experience with Knowles's uh, approach to the secondary or Trainum trying to follow in the footsteps of Steel Chambers and uh, Cade Stover making the move from the offensive side to the defensive side uh, I'm really excited to see what those guys do um, but before we well let me do this but so that kind of ramp so that kind of ramps up the the 2022 class chain we've got a nice little bow on that after the break, uh, I want to dive into 2023 because as you kind of mentioned with the early signing period, there wasn't a lot to do. And earlier in the week, Ryan Day said that because they didn't have to focus on 2022, they were they had they had plenty of time to focus on 2023. So when we come back after a few brief messages, we will dive into the next Ohio State recruiting class. All right, welcome back. Shane, we wrapped up the 2022 cycle officially on Wednesday, so we are now 100% all focus on the 2023 football recruiting cycle. Obviously, there's a ton of time to go. Can't start committing for another, or can't start signing for another 10 months, and obviously an entire calendar year before National Signing Day. But who are the guys that you have your eye on, either in terms of potential commitments in the near future or impact players who the Buckeyes are courting who you think could end up being really important to this class down the road? Uh, well, to start off, uh, for the ones I think we have a, the best shot at, uh, is uh, a couple of the ones is Luke Montgomery, obviously, out of, out of Ohio, uh, one of the best players in Ohio. Um, I know it's going to be a, a recruiting battle between Ohio State, Notre Dame, uh, Michigan, and I know Clemson's up there on his list, and I'm sure there's some other schools down south as well. But you got to keep the best home, and, and Luke Montgomery is definitely the best player in the state of Ohio on the offensive line. And uh, he can play defensive line too, but I know he's being recruited mostly as an offensive lineman at Ohio State. 
Um, and then, of course, the newest offer that uh, just went out for the book. Uh, I should probably not the newest offer. There's a bunch of offers going out now. But uh, one of the newest, yeah. <laughs> one of the newest Ohio offers, uh, Malik Hartford um, out of Westchester, Lakota West. I know that was an offer that the new coach uh, Eliano uh, sent out, and he was recruiting him pretty heavily at at Cincinnati when he was originally there. Uh, so I know that's one that he's been pushing really hard for. And, and I watched a little bit of uh, Malik's tape and I definitely think he's someone that can play at Ohio state. Um, and of course there's the, uh, the, the two defensive linemen that, I, that Bill Kurlick over on Bucknuts already has crystal balled to Ohio state in the 2023 class, which is the defensive lineman Amari Washington out of Chandler, Arizona, who was a teammate of Keon Gray's. And then A.J. Hoffler out of Georgia. I know that both of them are already crystal balled to the Buckeyes from, from Bill Kierling himself there. So those are a couple defensive linemen to keep an eye on. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, impo- I think it's important always to keep an eye on those Ohio guys, those in-state guys. Uh, obviously, they have a much stronger connection to the Buckeyes than people from out of state. So you mentioned mm-hmm. um, uh, both Hartford and Montgomery uh, very much could be guys who, now that they have offers, could just kind of say, I know where I want to be and not worry about going through the whole process and just commit. So I think those are really good picks to guys who could potentially commit early. You always look at guys like CJ Hicks who commits early and kind of leads the class. Luke Montgomery could very well be that guy. He's a, a four star, a high four star uh, guy and could very much be a leader in this class if he decides to jump on early. So you mentioned those guys, the defensive line. Obviously, it seems like Larry Johnson's going to be o- around a while, so he's still kind of pushing for those guys. Somebody who has been in Ohio State uh, focus for a long time is five-star wide receiver Carnell, uh, Carnell Tate. He, I never count out Brian Hartline when it comes to uh, getting these big guys, but can he really continue his track record of nailing these huge um, wide receivers year after year after year? I mean, to be quite fair, 2022 was a little bit of a down year for him in terms of recruiting, but landing (laughs) Carnell Tate, the number three wide receiver in the country, the number 20 player overall would be a huge addition uh, to this class, but it doesn't seem like he's going to be somebody who's going to commit anytime soon. Yeah. Yeah. He's definitely going to be one that uh, I, I originally thought might, might pop early and commit to a school, but I think at this point he's, he's probably going to end up taking his visits and all that. And, and I know you can never count out Brian Hartline and I'm, I'm not sure if he'll be able to do it again. I, I have full confidence that he can do it again, but uh, I know that there has been quite a few wide receiver offers in 2023 going out too. So at least at the very least, they're not putting all their eggs in one basket, which of course Hartline would never do because I mean, look at the talent he's brought in. Uh, but with Cardinal Tate, I know he recently got an Alabama offer. Um, he got, there was another uh, big school just recently offered as well. I can't remember. Um, but with these new offers coming in, I, I think he might actually slow down a little bit. I, I'm not sure when his idea of committing is going to be, but to answer your question, can Hartline do it again? I absolutely think he can. I think I, I don't think there's a chance that he, there's that he's not going to get at least one receiver that he really wants in every class. And with Cardinal Tate, I don't think it's going to be any different because you know I think I saw some kind of uh, article. It was a few weeks ago that Cardinal Tate was talking about Coach Hartline. He's like, and he said something about uh, being coached by the best and how close he. Uh, of a relationship you have with Coach Hartline. And I still think the Buckeyes uh, are in the lead here, but it just might not happen. 
maybe not as quickly as we as we all would hope. Yeah, I mean, it looks like it's coming down to Ohio State and Notre Dame as of now. But as you mentioned, he's picked up five offers just in the month of January. It was Texas A&M, Washington, Alabama, Colorado, and Tennessee. So I think with his level of talent, the the two you have to be worried about there is uh, Alabama and uh, Texas A&M. He is a... Uh, he does go to IMG Academy uh, down in Florida, so I would not be surprised if some of the Florida schools uh, pick up on him uh, pretty quickly. So, um, you know, he is a Midwest guy, though. He he moved down to IMG Academy from Chicago, so I, I think the Midwest connections to Notre Dame and Ohio, uh, Ohio State really kind of will play a big role in there. Um, all right, one, one more guy in this class, uh, somebody who you think should be a focus for Ohio State fans that are that are watching recruiting. Well, I know one that seems to have caught Coach Knoll's eye quite a bit because he has already been down to visit the school three times, uh, is a linebacker down in, uh, I, I hope I'm pronouncing this right, because it's M-A-N-Y, so many, many Louisiana men. Sure. Louisiana Tackett Curtis. Uh, his name's Tackett Curtis. is a linebacker down in Louisiana, and I didn't know much about him originally. Um, but following the, the coaches on the recruiting trail, it seems like Coach Knowles has already made two trips down there and is planning another trip as well. So obviously, this uh, kid is someone that Coach Coach Knowles has his eye on. So therefore, I think many Buckeye fans should as well. Uh, and once again, his name's Tackett Curtis, linebacker out of Benny, Louisiana. Who's a uh, uh, four-star prospect. He's number 64 overall in the composite, number five linebacker, and the number five prospect in Louisiana. We love that. I lo- love any time we can get a player out of like Alabama, Texas, Louisiana, uh, anywhere oh, like absolutely. that. Keep it away from the big sta- uh, big schools in that state. Uh, all right, Shane, before we get out of here, I, you are currently working on a new series of articles or an article or a, pr- a series of stuff um, that will be debuting at Land Grant Holy Land uh, when you're ready, I, I'm not exactly sure when you'll be done with that, but it's going to look at recruiting in a way that, uh, really isn't focused on all that much. So do you want to give people a little bit of a glimpse, uh, into this project that you were putting together that kind of marries your Twitter personality as well as your day job personality as well? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so basically what I do with my day job is I, I make maps. I make a lot of maps for a living, uh, GIS work, uh, things like that. So I was, I've always been interested in the geographical aspect of recruiting. So an article I'm, I'm currently working on, and I have a couple of the maps done, but uh, not quite yet, um, is essentially it's looking at where all the talent comes from in the United States per capita, essentially for not just the number of recruits that come out, but the number of recruits per hundred thousand people, the number of the one NCAA recruit for how many, for X amount of people, things like that. So basically just trying to figure out uh, where the, all the talent comes from in the United States and where, where it goes to just, you know, all those kind of things is, is just working out the ge- geography of recruiting and I think it's going to be really cool once it's all finished up and, and hopefully it'll be done pretty soon here. Yeah, I'm super excited about that. I am a huge map nerd, not in the type of maps that you're talking about. Like I like old fashioned, cool looking maps and uh, and stuff like that in globes. So while this is a little bit different, this is more intellectual than my artsy map obsession. I'm very much looking forward <laughs> to seeing what you put together with this. So um, very cool. And, and that's a, a, a way that very few people approach recruiting analysis. So very much looking forward to that.
All right, everybody. Thank you for listening to this episode of Land Grant Holy Lands, the Dotted Line podcast. Also, Shane, thank you, as always, for jumping on. In the show notes and in the article version of this episode, we will have a link to Shane's Twitter account, which is at Buckeyes Cruton, B-U-C-K-E-Y-E-S-C-R-O-O-T-I-N. Also, don't forget to follow us as a site at LandGrant33, and you can find me at Matt. If you're finding this episode on LandGrantHolyLand.com, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We are putting out a different podcast every single day with different perspectives, focuses, voices, uh, and hosts that you will not find anywhere else in the Buckeye podcasting universe. All right. Thanks for listening. We will talk to you soon. And as always, go Bucks.